Hello, you are listening to The Green Room with me, your host, Tiana Speter. This is a podcast presented by The Handshake Agency. Whether you're slowly going mad in lockdown or perhaps you're out there somewhere having an incredible adventure, thank you for joining me today and I hope you're holding it together and not eating your weight in corn chips like I may or may not have done this week. Please, this is a judgment-free zone. Um, In case you missed last week's episode, I had the extreme pleasure of spending some time with Nothing But Thieves, or more specifically, their incredible guitarist slash producer slash overachiever extraordinaire Dom to chat their latest EP Moral Panic 2, as well as some pretty memorable moments for the band over the years as they've journeyed from high school band friends to bona fide superstars. And yes, I did essentially invite myself backstage to play Mario Kart the next time they're in town. But there was some pretty awesome chats about how the band have continued to evolve over the years, as well as some spicy insight into the nitty-gritty production that went down on the latest EP. Dom was a true delight, and I definitely had a blast spending some time with him. But from the UK to much closer to home this week, with the anticipation levels flicking over to extreme with the impending release of her debut full-length album, Melbourne songstress Greta Ray is perched ready to dazzle the world, and not even a pandemic could stop this sensational woman. Driving into the hearts and minds of many when she took out the 2016 Triple J unearthed high crown, Greta Ray has continued to ignite and dazzle with her honey whiskey vocals and luminous writing chops, frequently commanding festival stages and hordes of crowds while building her repertoire with singles and EPs. And if you tuned into the recent Splendor XR Virtual Festival, you would have witnessed some new tunes from this lady live in action. Because as of next Friday, 27th of August, Greta Ray's debut full-length album, Begin to Look Around, will finally unveil to the world. As evidenced by the sublime new singles dropping in the lead-up to the new album, Begin to Look Around is a nuanced blend of gripping pop and stirring ballads from a discerning artist well and truly wise beyond her years. But before the album officially unveils, I caught up with the lady herself to dive into inspiration, creative excitement, and the journey to her very first full-length release. Well, Greta Ray is in the green room with me today. Some beautiful alliteration I realized when I was actually writing out your name for this, but thank you so much for joining me today, Greta Ray. Thank you for having me. Well, here we are in the second half of 2021, a time when we probably all thought it would be a little bit less um, strange and a little bit less bizarre, but Also, an incredible factor that's coming into this time of year is the fact that you are now poised on the brink of your debut album, a moment undoubtedly entirely a lifetime in the making, but how does it feel to actually finally be at this moment in time? Um, Thank you for saying all the lovely things. Um, Yeah, it feels, I've got to say probably more than anything else, it just feels really weird. I think it would probably feel weird regardless of what was going on, just because it's strange to have worked on something for so long and thought about it for most of my life. Um, And to now, like I have the vinyl, I can hold it as like a physical thing, which is crazy. And yeah, we're kind of like at this ending point in a sense, but then also this beginning point. And I think with the added feature of the global pandemic (laughs) happening all throughout the process well not all throughout the process but for a lot of the process of trying to finish this album it does feel certainly very strange to be 
in our fifth lockdown here in Victoria, you know, a month before this album comes out and there being a lot of uncertainty surrounding what I will and won't be able to do in order to promote it and to share it with people. So um, it's, yeah, it's interesting, but I think that I've definitely kind of reached a point now where whatever I need to do in order to get this album heard while kind of leaping over the little obstacles that are presented by coronavirus and lockdowns, et cetera, et cetera. I will do it for the sake of the music that I've worked so hard on and for my audience who is very patient and kind to me. So yeah, that's kind of how I feel right now. Yeah. I feel like it's like, like it's almost a trifecta. It's beginning. It's a beginning. It's an end. There's a pandemic, but my God, like just you could never probably pick that this is how it would happen. But of course I feel like with something so momentous as your debut, like you'll never forget it, will you? You'll never forget this time regardless of what was happening. And it's just such an amazing point in time to reach this. And the journey of your album, I mean, it's not reflecting specifically the coronavirus itself and everything that's happened, but it is this whole coming of age, this journey into this next phase in life in so many ways. And there's so much passion, there's so much authenticity in it. And I really love about you, you have this otherworldly like old soul about you in so many ways, which I mean entirely as a compliment, trust me, but you present stuff so eloquently and elegantly. Can you tell me what actually instigated what would end up becoming your debut album? Like begin to look around. How did you foresee this album as an end result back when you were kind of starting this journey towards this moment? That's so nice, by the way. Thank you so much for saying that. Um, Yeah, I think with Begin to Look Around, the coolest thing for me about making this album was that when I started writing it, I didn't really know what it was going to become. I feel like that's often the case with making records, but especially because of the interruptions that we had um, because of what was going on. It meant that I was doing a lot of processing and, you know, I wanted to re-record vocals for demos that we had of the songs that we chose to be on the album. And by the time we got to do that, I would be in a different headspace when, you know, thinking about what I wrote the songs about initially. Um, And then when we were finishing production again, months later, like after I'd been kind of stuck in Melbourne, not being able to go to Sydney, because that was where I made the record, I would have changed my mind again. And so I do love, you know, it's finished product and what it's come to, but I definitely didn't set out being like, I'm going to make an album that's going to be about heartbreak. You would never, you know, I, I, the heartbreak happened while the album was being written. Of um, course it did, of course. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. But also thank God, because it meant that I, I could write about it. But I mean, that was it going to be about travel? I don't really know. Like what lessons am I going to learn that are going to appear within the songs? Like they're not things that I could have predicted, but I'm really happy that they happened because I think, yeah, to a T it is very much a coming of age record. So, yeah. And when you are writing, just generally speaking, do you just constantly have these ideas kind of floating around in your head and you try to bottle that magic or do you sit down and force yourself to write? Like how are you as a creative in that respect? Ooh. Um, I mean, I think it's kind of different every time. Um, I definitely will like, kind of get ideas together and record them into like voice memos and then revisit those ideas when I have a writing session. Um, And yeah, I think that was probably the case with writing a lot of songs for the record, but also a lot of stuff just kind of happened while in the space of the room. And they come, a lot of the songs came from 
conversations that I would have with my collaborators. I mean, I suppose that is in a big way how it works. You kind of go into a space and you go, what are we going to write about today? And then you have lunch or breakfast or whatever. And then you end up talking about something and then you're like, I feel like, oh, that sentence that you said was really cool. I really want to put that in the song, which is just such a magical thing because then when you get the bones of the song done or a demo or whatever, and you're listening back to it at the end of the session, you're like, this didn't exist at the start of the day and it wouldn't exist had you not said that thing. So yeah, it's really exciting in that sense. I That makes me so excited because I do love these things. Like you can just never predict it and it just sometimes takes away like, you know, the metaphorical blank page out of a lot of the creative equation because whether you're writing, whether you're creating a song, like all of that, like it can be so daunting, but sometimes you're right. Like you just look back, you're like, I don't know where that came from, but I'm really, really excited. And it's <laughs> such an awesome thing. I'm glad yeah. that, yeah, it constantly happens. Thank goodness. Yes. Absolutely. I had, I had a hilarious moment last night. Actually, I was listening to the album and Cherish came on and I've just moved house. So I was unpa- unpacking a bunch of boxes from like high school and like as a kid. And I think the lyric came out, um, in Cherish where it was basically talking about all of that. And I was just like, oh my God, is Greta Ray in the room with me? Like, oh my God. this right now. So ah, yeah, that makes me so happy. my unglamorous weeknight <laughs> declutter, but yeah, I mean, all these lines are just so gorgeous and very fortuitous lyrics seems to be a, a very constant theme with me because going back away, not to insert myself into your narrative entirely, but the first time I heard your voice ever was um, driving towards the Harbour Bridge, you just went unearthed high and drive was playing. And I was just like, my jaw dropped. I was just having this like transcendent moment on the Harbour Bridge listening to drive. So you, you keep going up in my life in these really, really amazing moments that just link so, so sturdily with what I'm doing. So Oh, that's so special to me. Yeah, Thank you. And I, I love that, you know, the first moment happened with Drive. That's that's so sweet because I was, yeah, wow, that's crazy. I think it was like five years ago or something, which is mad to me. But, yeah, all part of the story. And I know, like, you've obviously probably spoken about it at length, but now that there has been such a good couple of years and a lot has happened since then, can you take me back to that moment, which was probably a bit more memorable for you than it was for me but can you talk me through the moment you found out you'd won quite publicly and this crazy journey kind of kicked into this next level for you yes I can oh man um you know what was very interesting about that day was that I was already having a very wonderful time um just in terms of music related stuff because that was the period of time that I was briefly in Japanese wallpapers band um and we'd been on tour and I was kind of living this little dream in the middle of year 12, which was crazy, but we were playing shows. I was getting to like sing some of the songs with like the female featured vocalists. Like I was getting to sing those parts and be kind of like a front woman in a band for the first time. It was unreal. And we had played the night before we had played at festival hall supporting Melanie Martinez, which is crazy. And like, I walked into school the next day feeling pretty like I know they're announcing the winner today and I definitely had no inkling whatsoever that it was going to be me. I think because I was so grateful to be a finalist but also because I think I told myself this story like oh, it's a five-minute guitar song. Like do they really, will that be the, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't think it would it would win and so I was just so kind of grateful for what had happened the previous night. And I was like, you know what? I'm just happy to be a finalist. I'm happy to be, you know, having this insane touring experience with Gab. And I was feeling really grateful. And 
I mean, I'm also the most gullible person in the whole world. So all of the like really obvious clues that day that I had won and that they were preparing to announce it, I just dismissed. I was like, I guess like they had cameras set up in my classroom and they were like, oh, well, it's for this thing that we're doing with music performance. And I was like, seems legit. Okay. Just like ignored all of the signs. So a lot of people ask in that video where I get surprised, they're like, so did you know? I'm like, no. When I look shocked, I'm being very genuine. I had no idea. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, it was a very overwhelming day for sure. I had to leave school and go to Triple J, go, go to ABC Studios. And yeah, it was very uh, hectic, and but very lovely. And everyone was very supportive and the school got really involved. Um, and yeah, so it was a good day. It was a really cool experience. Yeah. I feel <laughs> like the awesome thing is too, like you were already having such an incredible time. I mean, most people are just juggling going to school and coming home from school and, you know, you're just casually thrown down on stage with Japanese wallpaper, you know, so you've already had the icing on the cake and then the cherry on top of the icing of the icing, like oh what an gosh. incredible, what an incredible journey. And I'm the same. Anytime people tell me something like I, I, I'm always skeptical, but people always manage to surprise me because I'm just like, oh yeah, story checks out. So I'm with yeah. you there too. People are always oh going to get me. <laughs> I would never be sus. Not about something like that either. Like that was just huge. And it was really nice because we were in the middle of that Japanese wallpaper tour and I think it was the weekend of that week um we were playing Melbourne which was you know very appropriate and timely and I was on stage and there was this girl in the front row and she just went congratulations like in the middle of a song or something and I was like oh my god <laughs> oh my heart can't handle it that's, that's so nice <laughs> oh, the feels I love that so much and like as I said just prior to that obviously so much has happened for you in between then and now in so many ways but mm. Like, do you still catch yourself having any of these pinch me moments? Like, can anything quite top that moment from a pinch me perspective? Or it's got pretty big shoes to fill by the sound <laughs> of it. Oh, wow. Um, I think the other, like, kind of hilarious pinch me moment that I can't even really think about without just finding so funny because I think it's, like, so stupid um, was uh, in 2019 I got to play a lot of really wonderful shows and I did quite a bit of playing with Mumford and Sons and halfway through the year there's a festival called All Points East which they were headlining on one of the nights and so I was playing my set earlier that day but then I jumped up on stage at the end of the night with them Leanne Le Harvest, Dermot Kennedy, Jack Garrett, The Staves, Jade Bird and I just was like this is hysterical because there was so many people for one in the crowd there was you know you can't see the end of the sea of humans um and also just because I I listened to so many of those artists when I was in high school and so I was like why are there all of these cool people and then I'm here <laughs> I just thought it was so funny especially with all your idols no big deal <laughs> very uh, and we 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 sang um with a little help from my friends by the Beatles and yeah, I, I, that was a massive pinch me moment. And I was very emotional side of stage afterwards, just feeling really, really lucky. Cause yeah, they're musicians that I really admire. And I've had a lot of wonderful kind of mentors and artists that I've opened for, like, you know, before the pandemic, uh, are musicians that I really look up to. So that was a cool moment for sure. Yeah, that's not too shabby as an actor. <laughs> I feel like you've got a fair few, probably more to come as well. 
Stay with me. Coming up after this short break, Greta Ray chats nerves, live moments, and some of the incredible artists inspiring her creative journey right now. Stick around after this. Steve Bell here. I present the Handshake Agency podcast Rewind. Each series takes you back to a moment of musical heritage as we present oral histories about great albums of our time from the people who made them. If, like me, you have a geek-like curiosity about your favourite artists, track down Rewind with Steve Bell at thepodcast.com.au, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favourite shows. In terms of like the whole live thing now, as you know, you've, you're a very seasoned professional in a very short space of time. Like, how do you feel when you step out on stage, like taking the pandemic off the table for a moment? Because obviously it's been a little bit less of that to have, but do you still get the flutters? Do you still get the excitement or is it just like second nature and you can just walk on and just power through it? Oh, no way. Oh my gosh. I don't know if that will ever happen. I have been performing since I was five. I was in a community choir from when I was five years old to 18. So my roots are in get on stage, be professional and punctual. And, you know, you we're a team and we're representing this that, you know, my, yeah, I, my roots are in kind of really seriously take like taking this very seriously as a job if if that makes sense so I think that has you know thankfully bled into my artist project in a big way so I don't think that I could ever be chill I think that maybe I could be like I know this is going to be more fun like because I can get quite nervous but I mean as much as there have been some really wonderful big things that have happened something that I am yet to do and thanks pandemic for, you know, delaying this, but I've not really done like a long run of shows. Like ideally I would love to be a touring artist. I would love to be on the road for like so many nights in a row, just playing and playing and, you know, using my instrument, like using my voice and and getting a, becoming a better singer. And, but the longest run of shows that I've done so far is nine. And that was with Gang of Youths in North America in 2018, which is like still really amazing. But I feel like, yeah, I think that has contributed to maybe, you know, you get to a point where you feel like, oh, I've got this now. Like I know the routine, I'm into it. And then the tour ends and then you don't play for a little while. So you know, which is just the thing that sucks so much about coronavirus is because actually we're all just, we're not able to really train. We're not able to kind of like, you know, progress in that sense as performers. And um, well, it makes it much more difficult, I think. So um, yeah, I mean, hopefully when that happens again, something that I would really love to be able to do for the sake of maybe not being as nervous and overthinky as I can get about these things is just getting into an environment where I'm doing it more consistently. Also just because I'd love to see people and I just want to sing all the time. So um, yeah, that's a very long answer to that question. No, but it's true. And I think that's the thing is so many people think, you know, once you've done it a couple of times, like it kind of takes the nerves off the, off the table, but you're so right because it's not like you're doing it every single night or one, you know, once a week in this constant routine of stuff. And I love that you bring up that choir stuff. Cause I have, my mum was a music teacher. I was brought up very much in that environment. And I'd remember they'd say, you know, you're on stage, you can't touch, don't scratch your nose if you have an itch and all that stuff and put your hands by side. So of course that's when my nose would start itching and I'd just be like, Oh my gosh, totally. So at least like in a way you obviously have a bit more creative and artistic freedom, Mm -hmm. but I also think it shows that you just care and love it, love it, you know, love it so much because you you wouldn't be nervous if you didn't care. I tell myself that to make myself feel better when I feel nervous, but I do genuinely believe it. 
Oh, I think so too. I think that maybe there's this slight, uh, for some people, like maybe this misperception of like, you know, oh, it's, it's, you just get up and you dance around and you have a fun time because of course, like when you're at a certain level, like so many performers are, that is how it is made to look. It's like a party. It's like a fun time. And then they're like, wow, the music industry is so wild. And it's like, no, that's hours and hours and hours of rehearsing and practicing and then doing it again and getting comfortable with it. And then that is executed in a way where it looks effortless and, you know, you're entertaining. That's, that's what it is, but no, it's definitely, I mean, I love the feeling of like having done heaps of rehearsals in a row and I can feel my voice is strengthening. I can feel that that high note's getting a little more accessible. I can like, I love those little breakthrough moments because it just makes me feel like I'm growing and and I really want to keep growing as an artist so badly. And I feel like, especially now, like in the pop scene in particular, like there are so many women who I'm like, yeah, they're like actual Olympians though. Like it's so insane. Like the level, it's it's so inspiring. And so I think that it's a real kind of privilege to be able to look up to artists like that and see how far one could put, push themselves. Like, yeah, so that's my take on the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, and I think you've got plenty of amazing things on the cards. We just need, we need to get through this strange <laughs> little whatever it is and yeah, I mean, that's the thing too, like live stream is all well and good and obviously it gives us this factor, but there's just that sensation and that organic, you know, sense that you get when you're having people literally in the same room as you, not just behind a screen and yeah, yeah having that connection. And for the fans as well, like it's an amazing, you can't replicate that feeling. So I'm crossing. Oh, no, I, I really, oh, that's the thing I miss the most so much, like knowing that you know, when you're singing a particular lyric or something and you can see someone's just like having a moment with it and you just, you make eye contact with them and we're like, this is the thing that unites us, this thing. Doesn't matter that I wrote the song and that you're listening or if it was the other way around, it's like music's uniting us right here and now and validating all we feel and all we experience. And like those moments, they can happen online in a sense, but it's so much more special when they're in person. And like, Eventually when I do get to play shows, oh, I'm just so excited to see people and speak to people and have those conversations because it's just the most special thing to me as an artist. Well, on that topic, since we're talking performing and all that, we begin to look around. I don't like to play favourites, but is there a particular song on the album or perhaps multiple songs that you're especially excited to play for the fans for the first time? Ooh, um, yeah. The one that I think I, <laughs> there, okay. My favorite song on the record is The Cure because I feel like it's my personality in a song. <laughs> um, and I'm like, really, I, that was a real breakthrough moment for me emotionally. Like when writing the record, I was like, Ooh, there's a little bit of empowerment and like self-respect in this one. No way. So that was a really good writing session. And I got to co-produce it with both Robbie Desar who produced the record and Josh Barber who produced my earlier work who I love very dearly and so that was just my dream little hybrid song so that one but I'm also just like so excited to show people love me right like beyond words just because that's my big shiny pop girl moment my two best friends Meg and Leah have like listen to every version of the demo and that's the one that they like stand the most and yeah I think there's a real like 
energy with that song that I've had to kind of keep quiet about. And oh, when I can be loud about it and jump around with everyone, it's going to feel really good. So yeah, I think those two for sure. But then also I think that it will be nice for particular audience members to play them. Um, it's almost Christmas in Philly. Um, cause that's very much like the quiet moment on a very lush record. And it's a song that I'm proud of in the sense that it's like, you know, gives credit to the importance of platonic relationships and friendships rather than just like romantic based relationships, which is what a lot of my record happens to be about. So yeah, I'm just really excited overall. <laughs> It's very fair. I feel that like for me, I, I always like to make myself answer that question before I ask people, but I'm just like, you know what? I just want to hear it all. I'm just going to be so greedy. I don't even care. Like I, I'm not going to pick because it's just, there's so many moments on it and so much, like you've got, obviously, like you said, there's those really beautiful intimate moments and the really big, amazing pop power moments that are just like going to blow the roof off. So I've been greedy. I haven't come up with an answer for that one today because I just wanted to. <laughs> I know you've kind of, you've spoken in the past, like in particular in the kind of pop world, like that various artists have like inspired you along the way, but like what is exciting you musically at the moment? Like are there particular artists or are there particular things that are just really making you excited in lieu of, you know, the short term being able to actually do a whole lot uh, beyond releasing music. I think to take it back, like, you know, looking back at Drive, I did read you kind of say that that was kind of a reflection of how pop music excited you. Is there something in particular at the moment that's exciting you in that perspective, whether it's an artist or whether there's just songs kicking around that you're really, really inspired by? Um, I've been listening to, as of last night, I was listening to Clara's album for the first time. Um, which I totally love and is very peaceful and folky and very ideal for this period of time. I was like, oh, I, this is a very calming lull, like, oh, it's beautiful. So that record I'm excited about. I really love JP Sachs' new record that just came out as well, and I think that he's really amazing, um, particularly the song More of You. He just is such a genius when it comes to lyrics and phrasing very relatable, like, he said something in more of you and I heard it and I was like, thanks for taking care of that. I was, I really wanted to like put that into a lyric, but I was like, I'm not even going to try because it's so hard. And then he did it. And I was like, took one for the team. Thanks, man. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he's great. And I think just so many like female artists that are in pop at the moment, that is something I'm particularly drawn to. Like I love Julia Michaels. I love, Oh my gosh, I feel like there's just so many. I mean, I think I've spoken about her so much because I'm so in awe of Dua Lipa and just like that whole campaign that is just like continuing into eternity, which is so cool. And of course, like Big Swifty and love all of her new stuff, excited for the re recorded things. Yeah, there's heaps, I think. Yeah. Uh, like secretly, I just want to steal your playlist. So I feel that's really what's <laughs> driving that question. But it's amazing. And I like that you say too, like sometimes people are able to kind of say something and the same goes for you. Like there's so many things that you've said in your songs. Like I, going back to like even hearing your stuff for the first time, I think it was 2017, um, my top three songs in my Spotify, like, you know, year rap was Towers by you. Then I had Dragon Force and Queens of the Stone Age. So, oh, my God. <laughs> oh yeah, I love that. But oh, there's just God. something about the way you can say stuff that, like, I, I'm a writer, so I like to pride myself in being able to, you know, actually 
speak about things and put things into words, but there are just some things I can't do. So you managed to balance out my very, very heavy listening and (laughs) dominated my Spotify. But yeah, it's just, it's incredible. And it's inspiring to hear that you're inspired by other people too, who are able to do that, because I feel like between all of us, we might be able to represent the human condition somehow. Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But it's amazing. And obviously a lot more to look forward to for you but to close us out considering I've dragged you onto the green room today when you are able to jump on the road and take this beautiful new album out what is an essential item that you will want on your green room rider to keep you sane while you're getting back into the swing of things with live music (laughs) uh it's less about keeping me sane and it's more just like this weird thing that I need all the time is pineapple juice because it's good for vocals and I like am really disgusting and I will carry around like a full golden circle carton from the supermarket of pineapple juice in a rehearsal and I will down the whole thing and it's probably like not even pineapple juice at that point it's like that's got so much like sugar and added stuff in it but it's like that yeah it's good for your voice and that's a little bit of like a safety blanket thing for me so definitely that is an is an item on my rider. Oh, yeah. I actually have some in my fridge right now. So I don't think it'll last till you'll be able to get on the road. But if you need a backup and you're in Sydney, I've got your comments. Okay. I'll treat Good to know. Amazing. <laughs> well, Greta, I'm so, so stoked I got to spend some time with you today. It's so exciting to know that we've got begin to look around just in the very near horizon. So congratulations on yet another beautiful release and also most importantly on your debut full length that we all have been so excited for from day one with you. So enjoy every minute and he's hoping that we can see it all all the magic on stage in the not so distant future awesome thank you so much for having me thank you I hope that your day is not too stressful or crazy with everything going on but I think this might be the last thing maybe there's one more but yeah it's we've got a release day for the third geology tomorrow so amazing yeah well congratulations like genuinely I've been in love with you from the start so it's just I'm so so grateful to be able to have a chat with you I'm really grateful to have a chat with you too because you know you really care about the music which is awesome yeah Yeah, I'm genuinely like I'm asking anyone I'm like the biggest metalhead getting around and I I can show you my Spotify like you dominate it so oh my god that's insane (laughs) you keep you keep me even which is good Well, thank you. Let you get on with your day and good luck with everything. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. It takes a lot for someone to usurp the stubborn heavy metal domination in my Spotify algorithm, but Greta Ray has done that and then some many times over. And if you've ever had her incredible vocals grace your ears, you will entirely understand why. Regardless of whether or not you're already familiar with this sensational lady, you likely will be hearing her incredible vocals all over the place very, very soon. Her debut album is officially out this time next week, so be sure to give Begin to Look Around a spin when you can get your hands on it. You entirely will not regret it, and I personally look forward to it muscling its way into my Spotify playlist once again to mix up my regular Riff City shenanigans. A giant thank you to Greta for coming on the green room with me today. Safe to say I am well and truly a super fan for life after getting to spend some time with her. What a truly amazing human. As always, if you're loving the green room or even just moderately tolerating it, hopefully the former and not the latter, 
But why not chuck us a like or a subscribe or some sort of social media shenanigan? Let us know what you think. If you do want to catch up or re-listen to any previous episodes, maybe some Mashed and Kutcher get on the beers chat in honour of lockdown, or maybe you just want to hear Tim Rogers and Davey Lane drinking a beer as we chat new You and My tunes, head on over to thepodcast.com.au to catch up, or you can grab a listen over at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for tuning in today, and I hope the rest of your day is amazing. Lockdown or no lockdown. Stay safe, do something nice for yourself, and I will catch you next time. from the Handshake Agency Network, produced by Tiana Spita and Andrew Mast, with Pharrell D'Souza and Henry Gibson providing research, recorded and engineered by Zig Parker, executive producer Craig Truitt.